0: Hello, story lovers. I'm Laurel McCarg, host of Alligator Preserves. And I'm going to share short story number 21. This one is called Penny for Your Thoughts. And here's my tagline. When a retired zookeeper finally attracts the attention of a journalist, he tells the truth about his involvement in the events surrounding the assassination of 20th U.S. President James A. Garfield. But how will history judge him? Now, I have a disclaimer for anyone who might be sensitive about racial issues. This one is set back in the early 1900s. And I want to ensure that listeners out there know that the views expressed by the main character in this story, who happens to be a zookeeper, in no way represent the views of the author, which is me. So, please keep that in mind. And when I finish with my narration, I'll let you know how this story came about. So, stay tuned. Penny for Your Thoughts by Laurel McCarg. Come on in, young man. Take a seat. Oh, don't mind her. She'll move. You likely came a long way for this story, so let's get right to it. Time's money, so they say, and I don't have much of either anymore. Name's Harold. Harold Abercrombie Kincaid. That's A-B-E-R-C-R-O-M-B-Y. And no, don't call me Harry. That's Penny. It's about time someone took me seriously. Remind me what news you write for? Lost count of the letters I've sent. Good. Excellent distribution, that paper. Do I know today's date? Certainly I do. It's July 2nd, 1921. Now, don't ask what I ate for dinner last night, but tonight I'll cook up something special for me and Penny won't I, girl? I've celebrated this date for the past forty years, though this may be my last. Why? Well, at eighty-six, can't say as I'm feeling too chipper lately. On borrowed time, I'm told. Oh, why am I celebrating today? Well, I think you know why, otherwise you wouldn't be thumping on my door." Don't mind him, my pretty penny. He'll be gone soon. You scared my girl, by the by. And don't you write anything about her in your piece. She's got nothing to do with my story. Yes, well, to your point. Tonight's extra special. Fortieth anniversary of putting down a man destined to lead us into perdition. Mr. Garfield had to be stopped, you see. And my good friend... Well, I once considered him a friend, Charles Julius Guiteau did the honorable deed that's g u i t e a u French I think I called him Charlie, but he hated that, didn't he Penny Penny never met Charlie, but I've told her all about him. Where'd we meet? "'Well, let's just say I met him at a meeting of like-minded individuals here in the South. He came to my place of employment the day after the meeting and complimented me on the breadth of species exhibited and how neatly I kept them segregated, as we all know they should be. "'What's wrong? Got something on your seat making you fidget like that? Toilets in the back?' "'No?' Well, then, Charlie and I got to talking about the sad state of affairs in the government, and that's how our friendship grew. Stayed with me whenever he was in town. But as I was saying, he did the right thing, and that's why I'm celebrating. It's my small way of honoring his sacrifice. Only thing bothers me is he got all the credit for it. Never did acknowledge my part— told everyone it was God made him kill the president. And when he found out he'd hang for it, he told authorities it was the doctors who killed Garfield. He just shot him. And it's true. Charlie may have tried to kill Garfield that day, but, and much to everyone's surprise, Mr. Milktoast lived for quite a while after he was shot. Well, yes, I suppose it was good because it gave Charlie plenty of time to secure his place in history. He was funny that way. Really loved the attention. A little too much, I think, and that probably added to his downfall. You getting all this? Good. I remember asking him why he didn't tell anybody about my part in the plan to put down that 'er ne'er-do-well of a president. And he just said, No one would believe a zookeeper would have opinions about politics. In fact, I have strong opinions and righteous ones about the types of people who ought to be making rules. Saw it with my own eyes working with the animals in my park. Even if I hadn't, the Bible's clear about the hierarchy of the species. Wouldn't you agree? Why the hesitation, son? Oh, that's right. You can hide behind your obligation to remain unbiased, but I wouldn't suggest you take up gambling any time soon. Anyway, made me angry when he said that. I didn't deserve to be put down like that, because like I was saying, it was me that gave him the idea, you see. They stopped Lincoln, I told him. Don't we have an obligation to do the same? Now, I would have done it differently. I would have looked the man in the eye when I shot him. Charlie and I shared the same values when it came to most things, but I'm embarrassed to say I think he was a coward that day. It's just not right to shoot a man in the back. I think maybe he wasn't as confident as he pretended to be. A lot of folks still say he was insane, but I know for a fact he knew exactly what he was doing. We planned it, the two of us. I even helped him pick out the revolver. Convinced the shop owner to lower the price so he could get the one with the ivory handle. Lovely little piece. Are you telling me you don't know what that blunderer of a president supported? You'd know if you studied your history lessons, young man. James Garfield was one of those individuals who had a certain inclination toward the rubbish Mr. Lincoln started. You know, the kind that thinks Negroes are like us. What's wrong? You got hemorrhoids, son? Oh, don't tell me you're one of them, too. Unbiased? Okay. You just keep telling yourself that. Don't know anyone unbiased when it comes to protecting our species. And I'm not alone in my beliefs. Even the law's on my side. It's only right we keep the Negro separated from our kind. How can I say that? I'll tell you how. After working in zoology my whole life, I think I know more about primates than anyone, and certainly more than you, you whippersnapper. I wasn't just a zookeeper, you see. I've had education. My zoological park was the finest on the East Coast, ask anyone in the field. I'd still be working there today if not for these feeble legs. Nothing wrong with my mind, thank the good Lord. There's no question our Heavenly Father gave us superior intelligence over those of inferior races." you always sweat like that, son? Where are my manners? Lemonade? Be a dear and bring us lemonade, please, Penny. Today reminds me of the day they hanged Charlie. Then again, South Carolina's always hotter and stickier than a mincemeat pie in the summer. Isn't that right? What's that? Oh, Oh, yes, the day poor Charlie hanged. I was exhausted from travel on the tedious, slow locomotive to Washington. Knew I had to be there, though. I remember a blistering sun. The foul body odor of a nervous throng far more pungent than the scent in any of my captive species' habitats. Anxious chatter. Forced laughter, too loud. Bells clanging in the nearby church tower. Crows spiraling on humid updrafts overhead. Pushing, shoving, dust, insulting comments shouted by drunken cowards hidden in the crowd. I remember my anger at them and my own uncontrolled sweating. The waiting. The waiting was the worst. Ah, thanks, Penny. What a good girl. Here you go, son. Nothing like cold lemonade on a hot day. Now, where was I? Oh, yes, the waiting. And then I remember Charlie coming through the crowd, practically dancing on his way to the gallows almost like he didn't realize what would happen once he reached the platform. He smiled like a fool at everyone on his way to his death, even shook the hangman's hand at the top of the platform. It was embarrassing, because he'd become increasingly flamboyant after the assassination attempt, despite professional counsel, and he'd broken contact with me as soon as his name became a headline. He wouldn't have taken my advice anyway. I was just a zookeeper." His last words? I'm embarrassed again for him when I think about it. He read a poem called, I am going to the Lordy. Must have written it at the last moment. Horrible piece of drivel, if you ask me. I wonder what I will do when I get to the Lordy. I guess that I will weep no more when I get to the Lordy. Glory, hallelujah. Awful stuff, and it went on and on like that. I was in the front row, listening to everyone in the crowd jeering, and I remember giving him the hand signal to stop talking, trying to protect his dignity, you see. But now that I think about it, it probably wasn't the right gesture to make as they were placing the rope around his neck. He smiled at me, though. The reaction? Everyone hollered hallelujah when the rope finally stopped his shenanigans. I found that most disrespectful but they didn't know him like I did. lot of folks say he was narcissistic, but I still say he was a patriot. He planned to run for president himself, you know, and I might even have voted for him if he'd ever given me the credit I was due. Regrets? Why would I regret my part in stopping a man whose views disrupted the natural and right order of the species? You'd better remember this is my story, young man." I'm beginning to think you might be tempted to add opinions on things you're too young to understand yet. I'll warn you now against doing so. Oh, well, yes, I suppose I felt a little sad when I found out he had six children. But without their father's distorted influence, there was hope that the young Garfields would follow a more righteous path. And I do understand what it's like when little ones lose a parent, don't I, Penny?' I've seen enough of that over the course of my decades in the park. And maybe I also regret realizing too late that Charlie just used me for my ideas. He wrote down much of what I suggested while planning his presidential campaign. But I'm not one to linger over regrets. Can't change the past. But as long as I'm not six feet under, I can still be influential in an organization of like-minded folks. Plan to keep speaking the truth till the day I die. You don't really need to ask that. You know the organization I'm talking about, don't you? Starting to get citizens up north joining. But I'm sure you've been following that, too. A hypocrite? You'd be wise to take back that accusation, son. No, I don't consider myself a hypocrite. The relationship I have with Penny is nothing like that. Even she knows they aren't like us. She's more like us than they are, aren't you, girl?' Don't you dare compare her to the Negro. She is far more human than them. I'd say she's more human than chimpanzee, too. Aren't you, girl? How could you deny that after what you've witnessed today? Yes, you'd better apologize. It's okay, Penny. We're almost done here. Her name? Well, she told me, of course, in her own way. I decided should be my retirement gift twenty-some years ago. She'd just arrived, and I could see the fear in her beautiful brown eyes. I remember asking her what I should name her. She was hanging from a bar at the top of the crate, the dark hair on her arm shining in the sunlight, and without a moment's hesitation she reached down and picked up something from the floor of the crate. A penny, fallen undoubtedly from a hole in a visitor's pocket. So you see? But that's enough questions about her. Are we done here? All right, just a couple more, but make it fast. My fruit compote won't put itself together. It's Penny's favorite, isn't it, girl? Why did I start sending those letters this year? Well, I suppose I was determined to set the record straight before I meet my lord and maker. Time's nearly up. I feel it in my bones. I know I did right by encouraging Charlie to do what he did, and I don't want to leave it to history to saddle him with the full burden of blame. "'Actually, no. There should be no blame at all, but rather praise for what he did and for my part in encouraging him. Make sure that comes out in your article. Make sure you spell my name correctly too. Most everyone misspells Abercrombie. And I'll see no mention of Penny, understand? I won't have you tarnish her reputation.' "'There, there, girl. It's okay. You see how she responds to me? She feels my emotions. That's called empathy.' You won't find that in the inferior races. "'Oh, really? You've come to this conclusion in, what, your twenty-some years of in-depth journalistic experience?' "'We must agree to differ, then, though. In time, I believe you'll see the truth.' "'Just one moment now, son. It's none of your business what will happen to Penny when I'm gone, and it's not a very professional question to ask someone my age.' I have a mind to contact your superior at the paper, and I thought we were coming to an understanding. What do you mean it's over? It'll never be over. The organization I belong to, men of merit, every one of them, will carry on our important work long after I'm gone. Mr. Booth and Charlie had the right idea, and they're not alone. You'll see. "'Ah, I see in your eyes you consider me foolish. "'You really must work on your poker face "'if you intend to make it in journalism. "'And you'll soon find out you're mistaken about me. "'Mark my words, young man. "'Lincoln and Garfield won't be the last men "'to be put down for blurring the line "'between God's chosen race and those inferior to us. "'You presume to raise your brow at me? "'And so now I must say, "'Good day, sir. "'Kindly remove yourself from my premises. "'You have my story.' and I expect that you will convey the virtue of my involvement appropriately. Worried? What have I shared that should cause me to worry? Have I not made myself clear? Of course I'm not worried. No, Penny, don't touch the man. There should be nothing in your piece that would offend readers. Now, if they misunderstand, or if you should fail to remain unbiased, well, I'm just a crazy old zookeeper, aren't I? Who'd believe a word I've said? Now be gone and do right by what I've told you. Or you just might find your name on a special list someday soon. Whew, that ends my story, Penny, for your thoughts. And the reason I wrote this story is because I entered another contest, another writing contest, for a short story of less than 2,500 words. And the genre had to be historical fiction which of course gave me the shivers because i've never written historical fiction before although i am reading the last kingdom series written by bernard cornwell and it is absolutely fabulous and i love it so it shouldn't have given me shivers but again it was it was new and i knew i had to do some research and when i mentioned it to my husband mike suggested that I look into the assassination of Garfield, because an assassination had to happen in the story, and also the main character had to be a zookeeper. So that's why all these very bizarre elements came together. But while I was researching Garfield and his assassination, I read up on his assassin, Charles Guteau, who was an absolutely fascinating character, and knew that I had to do something with him. And so the... Bits about him and my piece I researched and they were historically accurate, including that horrible poem that he wrote called, I Am Going to the Lordy. I know that what I wrote represents the zookeeper in an extraordinarily offensive manner. I did that purposely. I hope that I, as the author, will not be judged harshly because of it in this age of harsh judgment and misunderstanding. This is a piece of fiction, historical though it may be, and I hope that on some level you found value in it. Thank you for visiting and for listening, and I would love to hear your comments. Until my next episode, take good care of yourselves. Bye.